Hello, and welcome to yet another episode of FortiGuard Live. I'm Derek Mankey with FortiNet's FortiGuard Labs. Joined with me, as always, is Amara Lacani. Amara, you are looking super today. <laughs> hey, I feel pretty super. Uh, good to be here, Derek. <laughs> always great to talk to you. And it, as I say every episode, you know, um, uh, we, we can go 24 hours, uh, you know, uh, without talking, and, and it seems like it's like a month of activity has changed, right? And there's no exception since the last time we talked. So, Let's uh, let's let's um, clear the elephant from the room here. Obviously, half neum, half neum, half neum. All this activity happening with exchange seems like you know we were getting one of these large, you know, what I would call a high-profile, you know, campaign and event um, that typically have you know uh, these different um, multiple phases of of the attack framework, the kill chain, such as you know reconnaissance, weaponization, um, a lot of the steps that go through uh, basically APT groups, you know, on average, if we look at a 10 year track record, we're getting about one of these per year. Uh, now this seems to be accelerating when, you know, solar winds hitting, um, you know, like Q4, uh, this this is on, on pace for about one a quarter now. Yeah, absolutely. So as far as impact goes, this is absolutely like a solar winds attack, uh, like a WannaCry attack from a couple of years ago. This is big impact, um, you know, affecting lots and lots of people and organizations globally. Yeah, definitely. And, um, you know, what's interesting is we can, so, you know, we're continuing to see more of these campaigns, uh, more things that have multiple wheels in place. There's good news, bad news to this as always. Let's focus on the bad news first. So, you know, the bad news obviously is uh, yet another uh, big campaign, a lot of, uh, a lot of issues that follow. Uh, there were, uh, you know, we, we looked at some heat maps. So basically we pulled up our uh, FortiGuard Labs telemetry based off of the uh, signature work that we did for the coverage on the original um, exchange vulnerabilities. And, you know, good news, part of that is that we've been a long-standing partner with Microsoft MAP, the active Microsoft Active Protections Program, since 2005. So we already have these trusted channels set up for early warning so that we can actually release and monitor these uh, intrusion prevention signatures. And um, it, it was interesting because there definitely is a demographic here. I mean, looking at our data that we pulled up from FortiGuard Labs, the vast majority of the uh, exploit activity, I should say attempted exploit, because these are blocked, uh, that we saw was primarily the USA and Canada. So very North American heavy. Yeah, I mean, that's not surprising. I mean, any first of all, Microsoft released a patch. Anytime Microsoft releases a patch, attackers are basically game on. Let's try and de develop exploits. We already know organizations have a very difficult time patching. Now all of a sudden Microsoft releases an out of band patch. So we're already off cycle. Like uh, organizations already haven't planned for that downtime. What do, they, what do they do? Most of them just probably want to wait until their next downtime cycle to patch. But when there's an out of band patch, it's important and they need to like attack it right away because uh, you know, that's what the attackers are doing is they're attacking it right away. And uh, and as, as we saw, we started seeing attacks probably happen in the U.S. and Canada first. I'm sure a lot of people thought that, that there could be high value targets out there, but no one is safe globally. I mean, we started seeing spread of really every continent, every country. Absolutely. Definitely. And uh, yeah, these out of bound uh, patches are, are quite special cases. It, I think if, if history is taught us one thing on that is it's, this isn't, you know, going to be a seven, 14 day window. This is here for a while. Uh, the good news is of course that uh, patching is happening. I think more, you know, uh, be because of the high profile nature of this, there is more urgency for patching now, which is great news. That's something we always talk about. But again, if we look back to, I remember working in our labs in 
in, in uh, 2008. That was an out of band patch when Conficker broke, right? Uh, the, the vulnerabilities, uh, it's an RPC service. And Conficker was still around 10 years later for, for one of those critical out of bound patches. Um, so, you know, good news is I think more the patching is happening frequently. So that patch window is, is uh, the amount of patch devices is growing, the holes is shrinking. Uh, but that still doesn't mean that attackers are going to let up. And we saw that with DeerCry uh, following on the heels of these vulnerabilities, right? Yeah, absolutely. No surprise. Like, first of all, we have vulnerability. Exploits are going to be developed after a vulnerability. Uh, I mean, it's as many people were saying when the exchange vulnerabilities came out, wait until the, the other shoe drops. And that's yeah. exactly what DeerCry was, was it was that other shoe. Uh, because we had the vulnerability, we have the way in, and now we're going to see the attacks. It almost reminds me of like something like, like a riot when that happens, right? You have like people in a city like all confused, and then all of a sudden you have like, you know, property being destroy that's the actual you know exploit part right you have you know something taking advantage of the problem that's out there yeah uh you know in a sense it is definitely a uh it's a trigger right it's definitely a warning sign that there is going to be more to follow and, and keep in mind right that this isn't just obviously deer cry is is uh, a more prominent you know because it's ransomware and more prominent case that has been leveraging these vulnerabilities but it's this is not limited to, to deer cry right a lot of times people are often associated one campaign with one set of vulnerabilities like uh, that, that we saw with uh, exchange in reality there's always going to be copycats there's going to be uh, as many people especially now there, there's also uh, proof of concept code has been released so there's going to be more people now um, leveraging this right and we've seen that already with like uh, crypto miners as an example Exactly. And I think DeerCry was taking advantage of one vulnerability that was released from Microsoft, the, the proxy login vulnerability. Um, and as you said, that exploit code is out there. It's been on a lot of public forums. A lot of people are going to start taking that, modifying that. There could be a lot of other exploits using the exact same vulnerability or a combination on all of those vulnerabilities. If one vulnerability probably works, probably the other ones work as well as I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. So let's uh, going switching to the good news. You know, the, the good one, one thing I'm seeing in the industry as these become more frequent, the industry as a whole is actually becoming more cohesive, right? It's being becoming tighter because we're actually doing. You know, we, we talk a lot about the collaboration work that we're doing, um, fighting uh, fighting together against cybercrime uh, to be able to respond to this. Um, there are there, there are more stakeholders stepping forward. I, I would say, and you know, the good news is that. Um, people are are listening to the to the mitigation advice too, right? I mean, the just the fact that the patches are happening quicker is one thing. Looking at our heat map data for deer cry when we looked at it um, at the start of this week, um, you know, about three four days into the deer cry campaign, um, we saw relatively low volume for uh, the ransomware uh, hits with deer cry, the actual payload. Um, you know, and a big thanks to that because these IPS signatures are already in place. Patches are being done. IPS signatures are already in place that are actually blocking those, you know, the the uh, the exploits before the payload, i.e., deer crying, uh, can be delivered. Yeah, I think that's important to think about. So, as you said, deer cry first three four days. Everyone's talking about it. It's in the media everywhere. Big deal. And we're not seeing that many attacks. Well, why aren't we seeing that many attacks? Well, for the attack to be successful, they have to they have to take advantage of the vulnerability. We've already are detecting that vulnerability. We're stopping that vulnerability. Obviously, there has specific conditions have to be met. But if the vulnerability is patched or if it's stopped, then the attack is not successful. And we've been saying this about patching all the time. I think some people just missed the fact that hey, the for the 
attack to work, for the malware to actually execute and to get on the system, uh, you need a carrier, right? Uh, you need some sort of content delivery network uh, for the malware. And that content delivery network is usually the form of taking advantage of a vulnerability that's existing. Yeah, classic example of the kill chain, but this is the good news. Again, as an industry, we're getting better at that kill chain. That kill chain is strengthening, um, you know, especially with our fabric, if you look at it. I mean, there's uh, multiple layers that we can add defense in here uh, to, to protect. So just like we said before, it has to get to that point of malware trying to be delivered, uh, you know, to, to the system. I think it's um, it, it's really, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's happening quicker and it needs to. From a defensive standpoint, because again, if if it's if that's not happening at speed, those numbers are going to be a lot higher with with uh, deer cry payload as an example. Yeah, absolutely. And one other thing that you mentioned is I want to like point out how like researchers are working together. Their attackers are almost forcing us to have better processes. Yeah. I remember like even a few years ago when I, I was sharing research with, um, you know, other organizations like outside our own organization, outside Fortigard Labs. Um, you know, the process was like emails, calling someone up, like figuring out what we know. And this has happened so many times where we have to sort of just share research to third parties and even receive information from different parties. Now we're starting to have a a very good process. We know how to respond to it. We know how to basically get all hands on deck. So uh, it's, it, I think that these attacks are forcing the industry, the security uh, researchers, to work together in a much more efficient way. Yeah, uh, Cyber Threat Alliance, another great example, right? We're a founding member of them, and you know they, uh, we have there's 33 members now in the CTA, all working together. Um, you know, and when events like this break too, like Hafnium, uh, you know, it's 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 no exception. There's an algorithm intelligence a committee and group and and uh, more people uh, putting skin in the game, which is just awesome to see. I completely agree. I, I think as a result of that, um, our processes are, are becoming, in terms of the collaboration, too more fine-tuned. It's great. Um, so, you know, so we're, we're over a year into the pandemic now, and I th it's no secret that everybody's tired <laughs> after a year into the pandemic. We've talked in the past about you know, the threat uh, from everything from, uh, you know, OT being targeted to obviously the COVID-19 lures. We track that on a weekly basis and uh, it's continued to steadily decline up to, to a, a very small amount now of COVID-19 lures uh, that, that we're seeing, you know, um, three months into 2021 now especially compared to Q4 and, and especially in Q3 last year. Now, a lot of the trends that we talk about are still the same. We're seeing a lot of traffic to uh, online shopping and e-commerce sites and um, a lot more web traffic, application traffic, and so forth. But when it comes to the social engineering lures, I think that cyber criminals also got tired. Um, you know, they, they know that people are tired um, and, they're, and they're switching gears as we expected, but we're starting to see some new, some new um, lures, right? So there's a very... Uh, a very popular lure that was being used last year, uh, which was similar to Scareware in a sense, right? Where uh, uh, victims would get an email claiming that they've had their webcam, uh, basically their computer owned, their webcam compromised, and that they have video of, of, of this person that they're going to release to friends or coworkers or families, basically extort them unless they pay a certain amount of money in cryptocurrency, right? Um, People, I think, started to, I, I know I, I, when that wave first started to happen, a lot of people, uh, you know, felt, I, I would say that they uh, that they are susceptible to that. They they uh, didn't realize that it was, a, a, you know, it's pretty effective. They didn't realize it was a phishing scam. They had some fear, right, because that's what they're trying to do is to instill, instill uh, fear in people. 
But again, after a while, that effectiveness started to drop off. So now we're starting to see attackers use a new lure, uh, saying that they've actually compromised their new social, uh, not social media, their, their new video conferencing platform that they're using at home, using a zero-day exploit. And that's more believable to the user, because guess what? In the new work-from-home environment, people are using video conferencing platforms every day, right? Yeah, everyone's using a video conferencing platform. Like, you know, webcams, like back in the day when, you know, that attack was more prevalent, uh, you know, still we had like a certain group of like more technical people using webcams, right? You had, you know, gamers, you had like, you know, some IT staff, but today everyone in every industry is pretty much using some sort of video conferencing meeting, right? Uh, web meeting, because that's, that's how we're doing business in the pandemic. And we have all heard of things on the news where, you know, someone forgot about a meeting being online or a public. Uh, you know, meeting, uh, you know, I hear it all the time. Hey, someone didn't know they were being recorded or uh, some meeting got uh, got up out to the public that wasn't supposed to be. So it's on top of mind right now for a lot of people. So they're thinking, hey, this is possible. And they don't even think like, I didn't even do anything. Like, what's the point of this? They just think like, oh my God, what is the possibility? You start thinking the worst case scenario and they get scared and attackers know, know about that. They're taking advantage of emotion like they always do. And uh, of course, 99% of the time it's a scam. They have absolutely nothing. They're just hoping that you'll pay up. Yeah, yeah, trying to instill the fear. And I think even with the pandemic, when we get the, finally get the pandemic behind us, this is going to continue because it is this new this new normal, this hybrid environment they're going. There's still going to be very high usage on, of these new applications, including the video conferencing platforms. It's similar to the, you know, uh, classic watering hole attacks that we talk about where they know someone's going to be doing a certain amount of activity every day, whether right. that's browsing social media, using a video conferencing platform, or going to their favorite site. Of course, watering hole attacks target people on that site when they go into the site, but it's really a new flavor of that, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so, uh, you know, at least we're starting to see some of these new lures. I think there's gonna be more innovation on that. Good news is we haven't seen too much yet in terms of, uh, you know, it's tax season, in terms of uh, tax uh, uh, scams or lures or phishing attempts that are happening or, um, uh, or, or vaccines. Um, or now, of course, we have the, the stimulus checks in the U.S. as an example. Nothing really popping on that yet, but definitely something to watch out for, I think, right? Yeah, kind of surprising. It's kind of been um, a little low from what I've seen from from a volume standpoint. Doesn't mean it won't change any day, right? It doesn't mean there's uh, not other people experiencing high volumes in certain certain regions or certain uh, contexts. But uh, but right now, I think that's good news. Um, but it's also kind of worrisome because it's it makes me think, why aren't they doing that? What are they so successful at? They don't even have to worry about what's on top of mind, like tax or stimulus checks coming up. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's just always good to, to have that front of mind, I think, right? I mean, there's going to be more. We, we uh, Every week we release our threat intelligence brief. I know we do podcasts on that as well. And, uh, you know, the last intelligence brief, as an example, with the, the Bizarre Trojan, this is the lure it was using was uh, PDF documents with bonus payments. And, of course, when it wasn't an actual PDF document. It was a link to a website that claimed to have PDF documents. And, again, these are doing everything that we'd say not to do, they're following, the, uh, you know, in an attack scenario, would follow the link and then click on this file to download, supposedly their bonus payment document, which of course was actually just a straight up executable, right? So those sorts of things um, st still happen. And I think definitely we need, everyone needs to continue to uh, hone their skills to be, to catch these things. I, I got to stop that. I filled that document out like 50 times. I thought I was going to get a 50 times bonus. <laughs> <laughs> okay, like that, those doors, 
actually work really well because people don't think about that, right? They're they're like, oh, this, they, you know, you get something popped up. Like, I'm sure everyone listening to this, like, broadcast, they're probably multitasking right now. Someone's probably looking at their phone. Someone's probably texting. They're probably listening to their boss. We all multitask. And that's when attackers take advantage of something is they know you're a little distracted and they're going to take advantage of that. Just like everyone's doing right now in the world of, like, uh, working from home and video conferencing. And yeah. that's the danger. Yeah, and it's also because of the remote nature now, too. If you think of like where these would be coming from, HR, as an example, they're not in that same physical building where they can walk down the hallway and say, hey, thanks for the bonus payment, or can I get more bonus payment, right? Uh, again, they're, they're, they're physically away. So it does take away from that, that uh, uh, you know, um, identity uh, management aspect of it. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, a lot of stuff to talk about as always, Samar, but great points. I think everyone has to uh, stay vigilant uh, uh, on this and understand all these lures. There's going to be more to come for sure. Um, thanks for joining me again, Amar. Hey, always. All right, this is Derek Menke with 40 Guard Live, signing off.